arms spread way too thin. Everybody wants to know what's happening. Our arms spread way too thin. What's the big rush now? Tell me why you're rushing. Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. We've got ourselves a mailbag podcast. Only two more podcasts until draft month. This is our last mailbag until the middle of May. Thursday, by the way, I'm excited for the annual Nick Filato mid-round draft prospect pod that we're doing. And then we are in draft month. Justin, how are you? Bobby Skinner, hello. We are creeping up on one of the best months of the Entire year. I'm excited, man. I'm excited to get into it. Uh, we're previewing. How many draft prospects do we talk about, Bobby? We talk about a lot of them on this show. Uh, we do. I think we do about 80 to 90. We do on the show before the draft. And then by the time the draft's over, we end up talking about over 100 prospects. 100 prospects. How do you like that? Triple triple digits for sure. So I'm excited. Nick Filato. And then I think uh, draft uh, – the start of draft month. It's a secret. It's a secret. This Saturday, it's a secret. But don't make sure that you're not tuning out to Talking Giants this weekend if you're if you're a real draft junkie. Before we get into this mailbag, Justin, this episode is brought to you by some special people. Dylan, a.k.a. Dylon, Darrell Riley. Hopefully that's the brother of, of Joe Riley. Josh and Dinger. Uh, Ting, what up, Ding? Norwood Wide Right. I have a feeling that's not his real name. Mm. Lamon Lewis or Lamon Lewis. Former uh the Lamons. Matt, just regular old Matt and Jared Lombardo. And hopefully not related to Matt Lombardo. Yeah, it's about to be like Justin Moore, these people. Any relation there? Matt Lombardo's family members. Tough went to patreon.com slash talking giants. You know the drill. Two dollars. Some other tiers. You get to hang out with us live. We're having a midday. This is a little midday stream for some people at work uh you can hang out with us live while the shows are being recorded uh there's some new stickers that bobby skinner can uh be sent to you and also there's by the way respond to the messages like i got someone who said uh didn't get my stickers and then there's some new patrons you have to respond to the initial message i send you for your address um so and i know like i i said the new stickers to the ten dollar a month tier we had a few people from that tier sign up. Thank you, but you got to respond to the address, to the address message to get your stickers. How else will we know where to send it? You got to let us know. Um, and then also, there's going to be our new draft hoodie. So then you'll have a chance to win that twice a month. There are some shirt raffles. Uh, Patreon.com/slash/talkingjoints. Love you. All right, Justin. No news since the last time uh, we talked, um, and. Except for the draft hat is out, which I've ranked it fourth out of the last five years. The white one's not so bad, um, but definitely not my favorite. Um, so that's that's the only news we have. And then uh, Ashawn Robinson, still not signed. That breakdown is just sitting in the draft folder. I put it, I put it in the draft folder on JM Football, too. Like, if he signs to another team, they're going to get a nice film breakdown of him. You also uh, have it in the... Should I give this little nugget away? No, just don't. No, no. Do you know what I'm about to say, though? Yes. 
where they can find it. People can find it if they really want. Go ahead and try. Go I ahead and try. Um, yeah, so no news since then. I'm even looking through the Talking Giants page to see if there's any news. And really, it's basically just updates on the Talking Giants tournament group and uh, Bob Slater, Hunter Church, rocking our stuff, training for the Olympics. Oh, yeah. So pretty cool. On, on, on that note, take it away, Steve. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. Come on. Bye, guys. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Thanks, Steve from Blues Clues. Justin, let's get into the mail. Yeah, Hunter Church is the man. I'm going to go insane for... Uh, Olympics qualifying, and then he's going to make the Olympics. So I'm going to go insanely freaking crazy for bobsledding. Uh, Glock Roach, first question. Are you concerned at all with Shane's postseason strategy switch from rebuilding to competing now? And then follow-up question, how far are we from competing with the NFC's top teams like the Eagles, the 49ers, and the Cowboys? So I don't think that much has changed as far as like okay we're we're trying to win right now i would say things have changed a lot from this time last year uh of last year's offseason where daniel jones is back saquon barkley and darius slayton is back those have been the moves that have pointed towards more win now daniel jones it made sense to re-sign him um Darius Slayton, I think if things didn't go well this year Darius Slayton may not be on this team but because of his speed even though he's not a perfect player and his ability to win on the outside, I think they valued him more than they might in different off seasons. It's like, hey, to play, to be decent, a good offense next year, we need Darius Slayton right now. Really, if you look at all the moves, you have five new players on minimum contracts. Okay, okay, getting a fair four-year contract. I think, I don't think that uh, changed. Nothing from this past season would change Okereke getting that contract from the Giants because that's a that's a long-term move. Paris Campbell de- deal is is fairly cheap. Really, the only new addition that I think is like that has changed the approach from the philosophy is Darren Waller. And even then, you got a top three player at his position while injury prone for the 100th pick in the draft. So you didn't even risk very much. Yeah, yeah, and you know, getting and even just take out Darren Waller's position, whether it's tight end, wide receiver, you know, the fact that the Giants need a wide receiver one. The Giants added a player that will hopefully be getting 100 targets, even if he misses a few games. He'll hopefully be getting 100 targets where, you know, that player would be difficult to add elsewhere, um, whether it be in the draft, whether it be in free agency, or you would have to give up a massive haul in a trade where you're mortgaging your your future, right, for a player to, to for the right to earn a player to get, you know, 100 targets, right? Yeah, so I, I agree with you. I don't think there's been a switch per se. You know, Glock wrote just about uh, the strategy strategy switch from rebuilding to competing now. I don't think there's been a switch per se, and similar to you, I have down the switch to quote-unquote competing now came when you extended Daniel Jones versus if you did not bring back Daniel Jones or if you franchise, even if you franchise tagged him. But if you didn't bring back Daniel Jones, it would be like, all right, we are entering a full-out rebuild, right? Um, 2024, the Giants as of right now have $116 million in cap space and 30 players under contract. Um, They don't have any contract on the books right now besides the Daniel Jones contract that has the potential to 
limit them of what they can do in the future. And really, you know, like I said, even with that Daniel Jones $45 million cap hit next year, the Giants have $116 million in cap space uh, next year. Um, but really, what there is, you know, with extending Daniel Jones, there's more pressure for Joe Shane to get the draft right, but that pressure was going to be there regardless whether or not they brought Jones back, right? It, drafting well for Joe Shane is priority, priority number one. But Bobby, uh, I guess we'll transition to how far away are we from competing with the NFC's top teams. The NFC feels pseudo wide open because the Eagles have lost some people. You know, the 49ers have lost some people. Their quarterback room is kind of murky. Dallas is, you know, they're they're always going to be there. Um, you know, but then you do remember that there are teams like the Seahawks and the Lions that are there. Before you say that the NFC sucks, I don't want to go that far because, like, the Seahawks could be on the rise. The Lions could be on the rise. They can go out and get Lamar, right? Um, I don't feel the Giants are going to be there and competing with the NFC's top teams until they finally fix their offensive line and if they have a top 10 offensive line unit in the National Football League. And we are not there yet. So to compete with the other teams in the top of the NFC, right now the Eagles, the Eagles, the Eagles didn't lose as many players as people thought they were going to. Like they stayed pretty much intact. Like they lost Cha- Chauncey Gardner. They lost Miles Sanders. I mean, who else did they lose in this? They lost some interior linebackers, which a lot of people yeah, say did, is a yeah, replaceable position anyway. But again, like they didn't, and they've and they've drafted guys to replace some of those players. Uh, so the Eagles, well, yeah, they lost some players, but they also have a draft ahead of them with a couple first round picks, um, and they had some first round, you know, like Jordan Davis wasn't really playing for them too much at the end. Like, so they have players that are in the wing to develop. So I don't think the Eagles fell off. Like to me. They are still the clear class of the NFC, and the Giants are to me are nowhere near competing with the Eagles. Like, obviously, it's any given Sunday, but like those teams on paper don't see them being close. But I don't think they're too far off from competing with the other teams, like the Dallas Cowboys, the Forty Niners, and like the the thing that I think like. Let's call. Let's say the Cowboys. I think the thing what's keeping them from competing with them one would be the the lack of a true number one wide receiver, and then like development of younger guys like Evan Neal. Evan Neal's development, Evan Evan Neal turning into a good player, which we're we're gonna talk about him later. That closes the gap a decent little chunk with the Dallas Cowboys because the Giants could not protect versus the Cowboys. You know the interior getting better but I, I don't like I said I don't need my interior offensive line to be like top notch you know Philadelphia Eagles style would love for it to be but like that's not really a, even a realistic goal to get um, and then a, a, a number one wide receiver can do wonders for your team and then defensively they just need more depth and a couple more starters to get there so the, the teams like the 49ers and the Cowboys I don't think they're far off I think they're probably like a year off of like good drafting in a solid free agency class. Not like going crazy in free agency, but just making smart signings. Yeah, it comes down to the old line for me. It it, it really does. Um Evan Neal number one, but even you know, we'll we'll talk about Evan Neal later, like you said, but the interior. Uh, just getting guys in the uh, Josh Azudu is a, a huge part of this uh, center being an unknown position, which we're also going to talk about center being an unknown. Um, you know, Mark Lewinsky obviously isn't a long-term answer out, out there either. Um, and even when he is out there, he's not a, he's not a top player at his position. So um, just the offensive line being able to impose their will at t- on teams, which I think run blocking, they're fine, but 
pass blocking and being able to protect Daniel Jones for as long as possible so they can start pushing the ball down the field a little bit more. If that is the mentality that, hey, we need the offensive line so Daniel Jones does have the time to throw more 20-plus yard air, you know, air yard attempts down the field, um, that's where the Giants are furthest behind, in my opinion. Not, not, even, the, not even the skill position because they do need a wide receiver one, obviously, but the offensive line being up to the standard of the Eagles, the 49ers, that's where I think that they are really lacking. Because I think the the scheme can make up for the lack of weapons at times, whereas if your offensive line is just getting their ass kicked, scheme ain't making up for that. I agree. I just I, A wide receiver one is, is huge on that because it's just they can do, for the most part, everything. Like A.J. Brown is like, oh, this deep threat. He obviously is. To me... If I'm playing AJ Brown, my my issue is like if you play off him, he's gonna kill you. He's gonna beat you on slants and speed outs and and comeback routes. Like a, a wide receiver one out on the sideline can do a lot, and it just totally changes the way a defense plays. But yeah, obviously the offensive line needs to improve. To me, Evan Neal needs to improve significantly. Obviously, like if he doesn't do that, then we're in trouble no matter what. Even if they got a wide receiver one, um, and then the interior needs to be tuned up. And again, they don't even have a, a true center on the roster. Yeah. Which Eagles are also question. stupid. They're stupid talented, man. It's stupid how talented they are. Yeah, they are. I mean, they have one of the best offensive lines of all time right now. Like, like trying to become them, you should try and get that. But it's like that's not even a that's not even a realistic goal to even get close to what the Eagles' offensive line is right now. No. All right. Next question is coming from Ooh, tough last name David. I'm really sorry. You want to give this a run? Seidenfraw. That's my guess. David Seidenfraw at D Seidenfraw. How do you think the Giants should approach the center position? Here we are. And how do you think they actually will approach it? There's another question in there. Oh, another question. Uh, Sean Sullivan at Sully Stone 7. After seeing Glowinski's play, would you consider moving him to center? I recall the O-line coach speaking highly of his football IQ. His guard play wasn't phenomenal. Uh, so do you, val- oh, all right, let's, let's just go with that. His guard play wasn't phenomenal. Do you consider Mark Lewinsky being an option at center? I wanted to put that second question there because even though I don't think it's going to happen, it actually did kind of spark me a little bit because right now it's the center spot. They need to draft a center, right? But you also don't necessarily want to, like, if you don't draft one in the first round or second round, you may not want to start that guy right away. And then you have Josh Jazuda, who they're going to play at guard. And then Ben Bredesen, who outperformed Mark Gawinski by a bunch. So to me, I'm like, Gawinski has to play because of that contract. And like, Gawinski's going to play. If we were going to move anybody to center to be like a stopgap in that spot, why not Mark Gawinski? Because, hey, he's probably only going to be here for this season and then you can let a young player like Bredesen play guard. Azudu's never not going to play center because of the speech impediment, uh, and be that stopgap for a draft pick. But also, I don't think Lewinsky would be great at center either because he plays with a very high pad level, um, and I think that could give issues for him. So I, I think Ben Bredesen was on Jordan Renan's pod, and, and research Rick clipped it up about, a little bit. I was just about to ask you about this, and. Ben Bredesen is not as open as Nick Gates was in 2020 if they are moving him to center because he just made it seem like, no, like why would why would I do that? You know, he's trying to basically act like that's not even a thought. But 
logically, you would think that Ben Bredesen would be training for center to be that guy. But again, it's it would it would suck to go into a season where if they did draft a center in the first couple of rounds, that like you're training Ben Bredesen as a utility backup when he's better than the starter in Mark Lewinsky. Yeah, I don't envi- it's a it's a fine idea. Mark Lewinsky is going to be the Giants' right guard this year. Kind of end end of end of story there. I I think that meat hook move that he gets beat with all the time. I do you think he's more susceptible to being beat with that at center than he is at guard? Yeah, because he plays with a high pad level. Yeah, so I mean, I I think that would make that even worse if he were to be if he were to be put at center. So, um, all right. So how do you? I don't think Glowinski is an option. Sure. Um, if they if 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 the Giants haven't directly told Ben Bredesen to. Hey, you should really be practicing center and start to, you know, snapping the ball. If they haven't directly told Ben Bredesen that, then I, I'm really willing to bet that they haven't told Mark Lewinsky to do that. So I think I, let's put that to the side. And they let's may start, have told Bredesen that, and he's just not telling. And he's them not saying that. it. Um, which, uh, hey, why would you agree to go on a podcast with Jordan Rana when you think that would be the number one question that <laughs> you're going to be asked? Um, let's start off with this. How do, you, how would you approach center? This year, Bobby, like what, what is your, what is your, if you're, if you're Joe Shane, what do you, what do you want to do? I mean, it's, it's basically the one position. And I know everyone like wide receiver, cornerback. I understand that it's basically the one position or at least the number one position where it's like, you have to come out of the draft with one of these players. Like you kind of have to go into the center because Gates is gone. Feliciano's gone. You have nobody who's ever started a regular season NFL game at center on the roster you got you have you basically have to get like uh, do that because anyone you're going to get that's left out there unless you were to make a trade for ryan kelly or something like that which i don't see happening or what do you even want um you know from the outside looking in on that like you have to draft her and if that guy's not ready to play day one then you let ben bredesen work at center and if he is ready to play day one you make him the day one you know you, you go into the first otas and you put him with the first team yeah, until we really get this O line solidified, I think I'm. I, I said it last year, top 100 pick in the interior O line, and I think I'm going to say it again, top 100 pick in the interior O line, right? Yeah. So if I, I mean you draft a guy like Steve Avila, you could probably slate him in as the starter, right? Yeah. You draft a guy like Ricky Stromberg. I like Ricky Stromberg, but he's got some real issues. He's got to work through his pass pro, and I think they're very fixable issues, but they're going to take some time, and you don't really want that happening on the job in the first part of the season. Um, so that's why I, if you told me who do I bet is starting at center week one is barring any injuries, even if they draft one, I'm going to say Ben Bredesen. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Unless 25 go down that route. Really, the only one that I could see being there is John Michael Smiths. That would make sense there, but even then, I don't know if I would draft John Michael Smiths at twenty-five. Osiris. Osiris isn't the center. All right. All right. Next question. Next question. Next question is coming from Thomas at Turtle Neck Pleck. Of all the free agent signings, who do you think will have the most immediate impact other than Waller and Okereke? So there's three in my head. The one I've... 
And this doesn't mean best player either. Just this basically to me, this question means plays the biggest snap share on offense or defense. No. I think it could be Bobby McCain. Like right now, he's challenging for that starting safety spot and might be the favorite over Pennock or Dane Belton. Um, like he could play that deep safety spot. He's played nickel the past year a good chunk. Obviously, played corner earlier in his career. I think Bobby McCain might be that. Obviously, you know you have to fact like I'm factoring in injuries and stuff. And then Paris Campbell would be the one you'd want to be. But like, let's think about the wide receiver room. Slayton's on the outside. Hodgins on the outside. Wandale, they want to play, like, I don't know when Wandale's going to come back, but when he does come back, he's not going to be playing 10% of the snaps. Uh, even if he's not, like, 100% back to where he was. And they might draft a wide receiver, too. You know? Like, they, like what if they pick a guy at 25 and then Paris Campbell and the contract? You know, like, just where does Paris Campbell play? Now, Paris Campbell has that outside-inside flexibility. You also have Sterling Shepard on the roster. So, I just think with that wide receiver room, there's going to be a lot of rotation where I think Bobby McCain just has the better shot to just be a starter at that spot. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I, I went with the most immediate, as in, like, literally the biggest impact and not necessarily snap share. So, I do agree with you with snap share, where Bobby McCain has the best chance of, you know, playing, you know... It, it, 60 70 maybe percent of the 60 ish percent of the snaps this year i hope it's paris campbell i i kind of hope it and maybe that's maybe that's bad for wandale maybe that's bad for you know you know maybe whoever we draft who, who maybe will go on the outside but i do kind of hope it's it's paris campbell you know paris campbell had nine plays of 20 plus yards last year in 2022 that would have been second on the giants last year uh he had plus 0.5 yards after the catch per reception over expected richie james was minus 0.8 giants need all the receiving depth they they can get 51 percent of campbell's 2022 catches came between that seven to ten yard to go distance 45 percent of them coming on second down daniel jones was one of the best second down qbs in the NFL. So a lot of what, you know, Paris Campbell's strengths lines at what Daniel Jones did well last year, effective on second down, and then also better after the catch than Richie James, which we talked about when, when Campbell was signed. Um, So I hope it's Paris Campbell, but that could mean bad news for some of the other options that we have on the team. Do you know who could be the answer though? Is even though this may not answer the, be the answer for the snap share. Rakeem Nunez Rochas. Yeah. This run defense needs a lot of help, man. And if he can be come in and be effective as a run stopper, he's not going to give you anything as a pass rusher, but be effective as a run stopper, it makes the life of Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams so much easier. It makes the job of these linebackers and even the safeties so much easier. Like we need the we need the third defensive lineman to be a good run uh, defender, and Rakeem Nunez Rochas should and could be that. Um, and like if Bobby McCain doesn't win the starting safety job, if Paris Campbell is part of the rotation where he's playing, you know, 30 to 45% of the snaps a game, Rakeem Nunez Rochez could be more valuable to that than three to four catches from Paris Campbell. Yeah, because the last two interior defensive linemen, three slash nose tackles that we've brought on have been abysmal. And they've they have hurt the Giants 
way more like their presence of being on the field hurt the Giants way more than being helpful in Danny Shelton and Justin Ellis. So Danny Shelton definitely a lot worse than Justin Ellis, but Justin Ellis was still was still pretty damn bad too. So Nacho Nacho just coming in here and not being abysmal would be a huge W um, for this Giants defense for sure. And the the impact that an interior defense alignment three would give in Nacho just not being abysmal and kind of just kind of just being a, uh, here we go, here's what Justin's going to use, a net zero, a net, right? Just not even, not even being, just being there and not being bad uh, would be really helpful. Net neutral. Net neutral. I'll get it eventually, Carl Banks. Net zero is an internet company from back in the day. Mm. Look at that. What number car do they sponsor in NASCAR? Uh, n- why do I w- why do I want to say number zero? It was zero. It's Jason not zero makes sense. Is it? Did Jason Leffler? I think he died. Jason Leffler ever drive that number? I think it was a a Bush series car. Next question. Next question. Uh, people hate when we talk about NASCAR. People love when we talk about an ad. And Nico Risen is asking us to read an ad. Baseball fans, America's pastime is back. Step up to the plate for some season opener action with DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook app. Right now, new customers can place a $5 pregame money line bet and get $100, uh, $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Talk about hitting it out of the park. Plus, everyone can get in on the Major League action with a no-sweat bet from DraftKings. Opt in, and if your first bet doesn't win, don't sweat it. You'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. So, my bet would be the Yankees. Anthony sure. Volpe, I've never watched him have an at, like a live at-bat, Justin, and I have Hall of Fame ex- expectations for him. As you should. For any rookie to be part of like the opening day or also with, with only playing like 20-something games of AAA, like, you got to be a Hall of Famer for me. Like, we, we, this, this kid better be the next Derek Jeter. Also, I want to say... Usually, I'm always part, like, as a Yankee fan, I'm like, hey, Evil Empire, go trade for the best players, go sign the best players. But now that we've went through a few years and we finally got to this point where, like, Oswaldo and those stuff and those kids are playing and Jason Dominguez is is down the pipe, I am now like, hey, you played it out this long. Let all these kids play and maybe we're going to have the next Houston Astros uh, through our own system. Like, if they trade any of these guys this season, I'm going to be pissed. Where two years ago I would have traded any of them for mm. whoever. That's pretty. It's pretty bold. Houston Astros. I mean, that's in the Houston Astros. They just like drafted great and had crappy players, and then all of a sudden they were a wagon. Um, also, Miami's in, bet on Miami in the Final Four and FAU. I freaking feel so good to see Miami in the Final Four. I was sweating that out towards the end. Like I, I thought it was over when, when they were down by you know eight ten points. Thought it was over. Mm. Told them the, I tweeted at them about four times to tell them to figure it out. Yep. They figured it out. Jim Laranega, amazing coach. The U and I love FAU too. Like it, it sucks that we're gonna have to kill FAU in the final. Oh my gosh. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code WORLD. New customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line and get $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Talking baseball. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code WORLD. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. You'll be glad you did. Uh, Some people are calling it the Bobby Skinner final. Uh, Miami versus FAU. I'm for it. I'm for it. Uh, I, I almost want to go to South Florida if they play in the final Monday. Oh, night. do it! Yeah, 
but I don't know where to go. Like, I'm not going to go, like, I'm not going to just go on a college campus. Like, yeah, do, do I... that. Yeah, you know, that's a good three-hour drive. Like, do, and that's, actually, no, I'm not, because we have to record the the first draft podcast of the, oh. of draft month. Come on. So, we got to get that done b- before nine o'clock, though, so. Let's get that done before nine o'clock. Um, Unless Miami and FAU lose, then I don't care. Don't care. Don't care. Uh, speaking of baseball, baseball at Hitting Dude is asking us about Leonard Williams. What will they do with the Leonard Williams contract? It must be addressed. And I agree. What do you think? I'll let you go first on this. <sighs> Giants have about three and a half million in cap space right now. 3.1 of that is going to 3.2 of that's going to have to be used on the draft class. Leonard Williams by far has the largest cap hit on the team. It's like a little over 30. The next biggest hit is Daniel Jones with 19 or 21 million this year. There's two options. Release or extend. They already have a void year. Can't add another void year. So they you already can have add a, more money to the void year. Can add more I I I don't want them to do that. Feel like it's either going to come down to release or extend. Um, with a Leonard Williams release, that would bring the total dead cap money to around forty million dollars, which is basically just Kenny Galladay and Leonard Williams, which that makes no sense to me. I am all in on extend Leonard Williams, keep him on the team, and I was pretty down on Leonard Williams this season this year. Um, I when he was out in the field, I thought that he was a really really good run defender. Um, I know the Giants defense as a whole was bad against defending the run, but I thought Leo made a lot of really good individual plays against the run, but you're not paying an interior defense alignment top dollar and top like pass rushing dollar to just be good against the run. You're paying him to get after the quarterback. I was, scr- I was scraping off the dust on, on some of the stats that I look at and I'm, and I'm kind of d- diving into some more PFF stats now when it comes to pass rushers. And here's what I found. Leonard Williams was ninth in the NFL in win rate in true pass sets among interior defensive linemen. Leonard Williams was 14th in win rate among all defensive interior defensive linemen, um, just in, in all pass reps, not true pass sets. But he was ninth in win rate in true pass sets. And Leo was also third in QB hits. Uh, amongst interior defense alignment in true pass sets. so And that's when him missing. He played in 14 games. He missed about four games. Truth pass sets are passes with four-plus pass rushers, straight QB drop, seven-plus yards, no play action, no screens, and took over two seconds for the QB to throw. So I thought Leonard Williams had kind of a down year when it comes to rushing the passer. He did. The, the QB hits were not there overall. The pressures were not there. Obviously, the sacks were not there. Um, But some of the more advanced stuff, Leonard Williams is still a good football player. Him and Dexter Lawrence are a very, very good tandem, teammate tandem. Him and Dexter Lawrence were the only teammates to rank in the top 10 in both categories of true pass sets. Um, So Leonard Williams should be extended 100%. Definitely want Leonard Williams to be extended. Um, He's still a very good player. He's entering his year 29 season, so if you extended him, you know, you're still getting some really good years out of him. I'm not, I don't think this past year of injuries is like predictive of, of what's to come with him. Maybe it is, but I, I don't know. For a guy that hasn't missed any games up until this season. Um, and they could, if they were to cut him, they would save $12 million in cap hit with a $20 million dead cap. I 
Leonard has to be on the 2023 Giants. There's there's no reason for him not to be. Um, here's the thing: is extending him with a year ahead, while the defensive tackle market is exploding, while the Giants are in a vulnerable situation where it's better for the Giants to extend Leo right now than it may be. Like it's more important for the Giants to extend Leo than it is for Leonard Williams because if Leonard Williams hits free agency next year, he'll probably get a pretty big damn you know pretty damn big contract maybe not as long as he'd want but like if so if leo's gonna extend here he's gonna want top dollar and long term and like i i might just be on favor for just adding another void year or adding more to the you know the void year in 2024 because as much i want to extend leonard williams but it's you don't just get the wave of magic wand and get the best deal for the team possible like, Larry Williams knows, and his agents know, that extending them is better for the Giants than it necessarily is for Leonard Williams himself. Unless they were worried that he'd have a down year this year, which I don't think is going to happen. And I'm sure they don't think it's going to happen. And then he'd be able to go up in the open market and get paid again. Um, so, and with the defensive tackle market, like, exploding. So, and they have to, you know, sign a Dexter Lawrence, like... I'm, I might, like, I want to him to be extended, but I'm also, like, I know that extending him is not going to be easy for them either, where if they get to a point where the, the Larry Williams is not accepting a fair deal from the Giants, you just add another void year. Say, get, you know, add, add another five mil, six, five or six, five to six million that you would need for cap space to sign your rookie class. Uh, and then, ha- and then again, have, you would have five to six million dollars to play around with in the season. I was looking at some free agent interior defensive linemen from this past year, and I was going through who like, who would I want on the Giants over Leonard Williams. And you can make an argument for about four to five of them, kind of if you just look at their box score stuff, you know, with their sacks and their, and their, and their QB hits, which I think that's bad to do with Leo since I think Leo has an every-down impact that even some of the interior defensive linemen don't. I still think he's a top interior defensive lineman. So I'm just looking uh, – one contract I want to look at, Zach Allen, former Cardinal. He's now a Denver Bronco. Um, he received a three-year, $45.75 million contract with the Broncos, $32.5 million if it's guaranteed, including a $15 million signing bonus. Um, 2023, he has a cap hit of $6 million. And then 2024 and 2025, his cap number is $19 million, $17 million. 2026, there's a void year of $3.75 million. Zach Allen, this past year, with the Cardinals, five and a half sacks, 20 QB hits, 2021, four sacks, 14 QB hits. I think it's way more likely that Leonard Williams has a year that's similar to that. Let's call it five sacks, 16 QB hits, which is a fine year for an interior defense alignment. Five sacks, 16 QB hits. Um, then I, I think it's way more likely that he gets that than he gets what he, what he did like in 2020, which was just 30 plus QB hits, 11 and a half, 12 sacks. And, and shit like that, right? I, I'm hoping that Dex is around that number, again, similar to what to what he was last year. I think the days of Leonard Williams having as much leverage as he did in 2020 are over. He still has leverage, don't get me wrong. And I still think he should be paid. His average annual value should be around, it, it should be in the teens. And I think that's a think win for both. I it's going to It can't be, man. It can't be. It he already is, though. He, this extension, it can't be in the 20s. 
I mean, Javon Hargrave is getting four is getting twenty one mil a year, and he's and he's thirty years old. What's Dalvin getting? Uh, Dalvin is getting. Dalvin's getting about fourteen point eight million a year. Yeah. Lenny Williams is going to get hit the twenty again. I don't think he's. I, I if I'm the I'm not I'm not letting it hit the twenties again. Okay, but that's what I'm saying is why, as much as I want to extend him, you're probably not going to be able to extend him unless you hit the 20 number. I'm also okay with giving him the years that he wants, but I don't think the Giants would be okay with that. Dalvin Tomlinson has three, th- f- one, two, there's four void years in this contract. That's what I... You know, let's. I mean, Duron Payne, who Duron Payne should get more than him. He got a twenty-two and a half average annual value. Um, yeah, Duron Payne was one of those players that you would prefer to have over Leonard Williams. Yeah. How um, much did a uh, interior defense lineman from Denver get? Uh, Draymond. Three years, fifty-one. So an average of annual value of seventeen mil. Leonard is hitting twenty. I'd be sh- if he didn't. If he doesn't, then yeah, I want to extend him. But I, I, from his agent and him, they that's what they're going to be asking for. Do you think Leonard Williams would get twenty million dollars if he hit the open market? Yeah, it might be on a two-year deal or something because he's thirty. But again, I mean, just Hargrave at thirty years old, who doesn't have the career that Leonard Williams is. Leonard's a better run defender than Hargrave, although Hargrave had a great pass rushing year, got twenty-one million dollars a year. And he's the, he's the same age that Leonard Williams will be next offseason. And the cap will go up more. So. Yeah, Hargrave's, Hargrave's kind of overrated. Got $20 million a year. I know. He, he's overrated because of the name. He's just been a name that's that's been around for a while. And we got 11 sacks last year. You know, he's been, he's been a very – he's been an awesome pass rushing defensive tackle. He's I not the had, best run defender. You know, he's – I could have had four sacks on that Eagles defense. Yeah, well, he got seven more than you would have. <laughs> this then, sucks, I mean, man. This fucking sucks. I hate Dave Gettleman. Yeah. So it's like I said. I I list like what is my ideal outcome? It's extend Leo, but they're gonna have to spend a, a lot of money to extend him. And if they believe, like if they do, fine. Like I'm, like I I would I would be fine giving him the twenty million dollar a year number. Like it's not two thousand twenty one again. You know the cap has went up. You know, like, that's what he'll get, and that's what he deserves. But will the Giants be willing to do that? I don't know. Uh, next question. I would have I would have thought that they would have extended him by now if they were going to keep him. I'm, they want to. I'm sure they do. I'm telling I think this is heading for a void year. Or they rework someone else's contract. That sucks. I was shocked when I was looking up the, the win rate and the true pass set stuff. I was really shocked. Don't you love this? The the lights always go off in this recording studio. I'm going to read the next question. Um, the Leonard Williams conversation will be an ongoing one. Um, I think there's a better extent, like a better chance of Saquon being getting a contract oh. done and that clearing up the cap than Leonard Williams getting extended. Next question. Yeah, you want to talk about disagreeing with Joe Shane? One of the first moves you really disagree with would be that. 
Uh, Peter at Gman two seven four three. What do you? Th- oh no, that's my question. Is it fair to expect Evan Neal to make the same progress that Andrew Thomas did? I have a follow up question. What do you think was going on with Evan Neal's stance in Bayonne, Bobby? Yeah, that's that's why I put this question on because we've got like I know this is a question we're gonna get with uh, basically every mailbag, and I'm, it's not something I plan to answer on every mailbag. But I wanted to talk about him working with Willie Anderson. You know, former All Pro offensive lineman who I, I really like. I actually got the chance to talk with Willie Anderson too about this because if if you didn't see this, Will like Willie Anderson's been working with Evan Neal and is changing his stance up a little bit. So I saw it on Insta- on Instagram stories and I posted it like because like hey, he's working with Willie Anderson. It's like let's get the like let's change like changing the stance first or something. And then I went and looked at. It, I was like, this stance looks exactly the same. And then Willie Anderson like probably saw people like seeing that and he messaged he messaged us and was like hey this is the new stance the picture so like okay that makes more sense so his stance is more tight and compact and then uh noah noah uh starfersky noah's gonna call him noah staff noah starfersky who actually plays offensive line i think for nebraska university of nebraska who's who's a, a listener willie anderson basically like confirmed like it's and it makes sense when you look at it like it's more tight and compact and allows him to like fire off into his kick sets where his other one was kind of like like his back foot was far back and then that first step he like it almost like forced him to open his up his hips a little more the new stance kind of looks pretty damn similar to andrew thomas's stance um so i i do have some hope for like i i do expect evan neal to grow you know uh and become a good player uh, and a big part of that was getting out of his stance, right? Yeah. Like a lot of times it was just like he was getting beat off the snap. You know, it wasn't like, you know, there was times where he's getting beat at the punch and stuff like that, but a lot of it was just that. Um, but the, to answer the question, no, because Andrew Thomas is an all pro tackle, not just our opinion anymore. It's a fact. Uh, and Andrew Thomas, Andrew Thomas had a good rookie season. Like, when you look at, like, if you're just looking at how was this season for a rookie, it was a good rookie season. By the end of the season, we're like, okay, this is a player to be very hyped about, where Evan Neal was just bad the entire year for the most part. Um, but at the end, but I do expect Evan Neal to come back. He's a hard worker. He's got all the ability in the world. They're going to, like, I hope they change, Willie Anderson works with him and changes some things up about his game. But yeah, I, it's, we should be expecting Evan Neal to turn into a good player this offseason. But to say the path of uh, Andrew Thomas is just unfair to anybody. One, Andrew Thomas has had one of the more linear careers you see. Like, you know, not not every player has, hey, this is a a jump from beginning of a rookie to end of rookie, and then a jump as a second year player, and then another jump in your third year, uh, in your third year. And I, I'd be excited to see if he has a jump in the fourth year as, as a run blocker. Um, so no, it's not fair to do that to Evan Neal, but you should we should be expecting Evan Neal to be a good player next year. There's not one player on the offense that has more of a I say kind of strong, you know, kind of like a stronghold over if the Giants season could be good, if it could be great offensively or maybe it could be kind of bad, right? Like it's kind of in Evan Neal's hands and also Evan Neal's feet and Evan getting you know getting uh, to your third step right. Yeah, I mean if we have a good right tackle next year, 
that changes what you can do on the offense. A lot of the offensive issues were the issues with the right tackle. Uh, you know, you think of some of the bad games the Giants had, the worst performer on offense was the right tackle and Evan Neal. Yeah, they were in a, they were in Bayonne, Bayonne High School, um, Vets Field. I uh I was a baseball manager on that field, so it was cool to see uh cool to see Evan Neal hanging out training in uh training in New Jersey, and I'm glad that that stance is gonna help him get out of his stance, um because that was the thing in training camp. This dude is just not getting out of his stance, and then it was the thing all throughout the season. He kind of struggled with the same things, and this was pre-injury and post-injury. You know, we heard oh Evan Neal struggled with some injuries. Well, he was struggling with the same thing all throughout the season, even when he was healthy. So. Um, get better, Evan Neal. Glad to see he's working. Next question. Next question is coming from Mo. Mo is asking, is the linebacker core finished with the addition of Okereke, or do we need to add another linebacker to the roster, either via free agency or the draft? I would love to draft another linebacker in the draft. Like, again, I know there's there's so many positions and needs that if you say like this position in the second round, people lose their mind. But Bobby Okereke is, is a really good linebacker. But after that, and it's not like Bobby Okereke is one of the best linebackers in the league. He's a good linebacker. You have Michael McFadden, who can do some good things, but has not proven that he's a, like anything. He got benched in the playoffs on one the for for Jared Davis, who's not very good. And then because Darren Beavers didn't actually play in regular season game, there's this hope that he is going to be like the savior at linebacker. Like I wouldn't even slate him in as a starter. Uh, you know, he's a, a six-round pick who had a couple good plays in the first preseason game. Uh, you know, one of one was, you know, sniffing out a screen. And linebackers, linebackers are going to look better in preseason because it's just more defined reads. Austin Kalitra was a preseason superstar. Um, linebacker, too, is one of the weaker positions on the team. But Okereke gives you ability to not, like, go and plug that hole. Where before the signing of Okereke, it's like, we kind of got to get a linebacker in the first couple rounds. But if Jack Campbell's there in round two, I don't see many players being ahead of him uh, for me to take there. Like, I don't care. I don't care if the Giants don't take a wide receiver in the draft. If you told me the Giants can get Jack Campbell in the second round and not draft a wide receiver, I'm signing up for it. What's your rule and philosophy on linebackers every single year, too? This is one of my, this is one of my favorite talking points that you have. It's always a spot that tests the depth. Every single year is a spot that tests the depth. Let's, I mean, this past year, J- Jared Davis was starting to play. This guy wasn't even on the roster until three weeks left in the season. Every single inside linebacker started games. Micah McFadden, Jalen Smith, Tay Crowder, you know, and then Blake Martinez was the one. Austin Calitro, Blake Martinez, uh, you know, like three of those guys that started games for the Giants were not on the roster at the start of camp. Uh, the year before, Blake Martinez goes down. Tate Crowder, Jalen Smith, Bernardrick McKinney were signed. Um, you know, Reggie Ragland started games. Uh, and Carter Coffin probably would have played some if he didn't get injured. The year before, Blake Martinez played the whole year. Then we had Devontae Downs and Tay Crowder. And then Tay Crowder got hurt and Devontae Downs came back in. Every single year, 2019, we had Alec Ogletree and Tay Davis starting to start the season. By the end of the season, Ryan Connolly had started games. Uh... You know, uh, you know, Dion, Dayon Buchanan was was starting every single year. Inside linebacker depth is tested. Is the NFL beginning to not really care about like a Mike linebacker label? 
like really prioritizing even if a guy is a little bit slower even if he's a little bit kind of lethargic, but he's really good at stopping the run. And kind of like, you know, the the talking point of Darian Beavers is that he's good in a phone booth. Can't fly sideline to sideline, but he's good in a phone booth and he's going to stop the run in the box. Um, do you feel like, you know, now that you're kind of knee-deep in the draft stuff, do you feel like the NFL is beginning to not really care about the Mike Linebacker label? And are these guys coming out of college, are there just not a lot of Mike Linebackers kind of left? Like, what do you mean by Mike Linebacker? A number one true linebacker, like you know, take take Crowder has the label of he can fly sideline to sideline, and he can shoot a gap, and that's what he does best. Blake Martinez, captain of a defense, you know, kind of a play caller, leader, good against the run, you know, not as fast. Um, like that's what I think of like a a Mike a a Mike linebacker versus a Will is a guy who's kind of smaller, fast, can fly sideline to sideline, and just be a nut. Yeah, I th- I think teams are the guys that fly around are fun and they're fun to w- talk about in the drafts and stuff. But the best linebackers are the guys who are best at stopping a run and taking on blocks. That's how you be a good linebacker. Now, if you get a Fred Warner type, Darius Leonard type, awesome. But like you can, you'll draft some crappy players trying to find those players and ignoring good linebackers like Logan Wilson with the Bengals, Chad Muma from Wyoming. So. Um, that's where I, I I value if you as a linebacker how well are you good at stopping the run. Coverage is a lot of can be very overrated uh, for a linebacker. It really can be. Like if you're great at it, awesome. But a lot of times you're just spot dropping and picking up zones and stuff. Like you very rarely are you put in man coverage situations. Yeah, yeah. I asked that question because you know it, it kind of feels like. Okereke has the traits of being a will. You know, he he he's fast. You know, he can fly sideline to sideline. You know, he he can be he can be aggressive at times. And you know, I'm wondering, do you know, does do the Giants? You know, does Joe Shane? Does Wink Martindale? Do they really prioritize? Do they want a Mike linebacker, or are they okay with a bunch of kind of will linebackers? You know, guys that have maybe the traits of a weak side backer. Are they okay with pl- you know putting one of those guys at the mic? They were last year, but it's because they kind of had no choice. So I'm um, just wondering how they're going to prioritize that position. Where even if somebody like a Jack Campbell, if he's there and if he's available, are they going to take him? All right. Why don't you read an ad? I'm going to read an ad. Uh, today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. Baseball is back, and to celebrate, SeatGeek is giving a special offer to all of you. Use code JOHNBOYPRESEASON for 15% off your order. Whether you are a first-time buyer or not, kind of big. If you don't know what SeatGeek is, they're a ticketing app that makes buying tickets Super simple. SeatGeek puts tickets from all over the web in one place to make buying simple and rates every ticket from 0 to 10 to make sure that you're getting a good deal. Green means good. Red means bad. This code works on tickets to anything. It does not matter how many times you've bought tickets using SeatGeek before. John Boy Preseason. That code is going to give you 15% off your next order. Don't wait. This offer expires at the end of the month, so there's a few days left. Few days left. You got to jump on this deal. So open up your phone, add that code to your account, and thank us later. We've got the hookup for you right now. Use code John Boy Preseason, all one word, for fifteen percent off tickets at SeatGeek. You'll be glad you did. Next question: Andrew Spagnolo, best way to fix the wide receiver one role if it's not this year. Say we are always picking, you know, after fifteen, after pick fifteen going forward. Is it going to be through a trade like the Eagles did or another way? 
So obviously you always want to draft your wide receiver one, right? Um, and you can get them past pick 15. We've seen that before. Justin Jefferson went past pick 15. So that doesn't eliminate. But let's just say like we go into year in and you just wherever you're picking, you don't see the guy you believe being a wide receiver one. I am very much for the trading for a wide receiver one route. And they like let's I I, w- I went and looked back at like the last five wide receiver one trades. DJ Moore, this one's hard to use, but he was basically valued as a 2025 first round pick. Like the Panthers offered, you know, their 20, 2025 first round pick. The Bears like, no, we'd rather have DJ Moore. So basically, it was valued as a first round pick with a little more. I would do that in a second. I would like I'm talking about right now for this team. AJ Brown, a first round pick. Uh, that was uh, what was it? Pick number twenty two, I think it was, and a comp third round pick. I would do that right now for AJ Brown. Tyreek Hill was traded for a first, a second, two fourths, and a six. That might be the only one I wouldn't do right now because the Giants aren't one player away. But a year from now, a two years from now, yeah, because Hill is obviously the best one out of all these players on the list, um, besides maybe Adams. Stephon Diggs uh, was traded him in a seventh round pick for the twenty second pick. A fourth, a fifth, and a sixth. I'd probably sign up for that. Like, obviously, that's three day three picks, but I, I probably would sign up for that. And Devontae Adams went for pick 22 and pick 53. I'd sign up for that, too. What you don't want to do is trade for Claypool for an early second or Hollywood Brown and a third-round pick for a first-round pick. Those are the ones. But the bona fide wide receiver ones, I would do every single one of those trades right now for this New York Giants team, except for the Hill one possibly because it's you're giving up so much that you are kind of mortgaging mortgaging the future for right now but i've like dj moore aj brown stefan diggs at the age that he was traded Devonte Devonte adams might be a little iffy because he's older um like those are all like those are long-term plays like obviously you're paying them more than a rookie but i am very, like that is the one position where like i'm willing to trade a first round pick for right now with the new york giants if there was a wide seer one to open up so what a lot of those teams kind of had in common, I, I feel either teams that are spending a lot of money that just can't pay their wide receiver ones or teams maybe entering a little bit of a rebuild. Going through the teams right now trying to forecast the NFL, the Colts and Michael Pittman next year. Pittman's a good wide receiver, but I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't trade a first. I don't think I'd trade a first rounder for him. Yeah, but I mean, and I'm. But again, I'm just thinking of what the next wide receiver or wide receivers that could be on the horizon that the Giants could trade for and maybe give a give up a decent chunk for a uh, Cooper Cup with the Rams if they enter a full out rebuild. Yeah, let me look at it. Let me look at his age. But yes, like I would do. Like he's gonna. Uh, he'll be thirty. The guys that are a little older. I, don't, I mean, if they had, if they went to like the NFC Championship game this year or something like that, then yeah, I would do that for a Cooper Cup yeah. type. Um, and sometimes this stuff kind of happens naturally too. Like Stefan Diggs, kind of. There's no like DeAndre Hopkins right now for the picks and having to give him a new contract. No, we just did. You know, got Darren Waller. Um, but like younger guys, like yeah, I'm all for doing trades like that. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes these wide receiver trades kind of come out of left field. Was DeAndre Hopkins? Expected? You can trade them year, like after a few years too, and get pretty good value if they're in their twenty five. Like, what do you think, Stephon Diggs would still like get you probably a first round pick right now? Yeah, 
you know, like Tyreek Hill, if he got traded in a year or two, he would still get like he'll get huge compensation. AJ Brown, DJ, like all these guys would still get big time like trade packages if you trade them down the road. Oh man, wait. Oh man. What's the Dolphins cap space look like? Are they are they in trouble at all? If they pay Tua? Because they already have Tyreek Hill. You're paying some other guys. I've always wanted Jalen Waddle to be a giant. Waddle could be someone like that. So, um, again, you don't know when and who these guys are going to be that open up. Like, it's it's hard to predict. Get it done. Get her done. All right. That's an episode. We will see you guys on, I believe, Thursday with Nick Filato, midseason uh, or mid-round draft prospects, a very fun episode to do every single year. Anything else, Justin, before we go? Uh, work out a Leonard Williams extension and sign Sean Robinson. Come on, we got the film breakdown ready. Get, get us Sean Robinson. All right, we appreciate you guys. We'll see you on the next one. Until then, let's go Big Blue.